So first question I want to ask you, Mr. Simon. Oh, damn it. I had a question, but sure, go ahead. Go you. No, nah, I'll ask I'm gonna, my question in second. Go ahead. I'm gonna go first because I'm cooler than you. Okay. Um, Alec Manoa. Oh baby, let's go. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. I'm all I'm all about Alec Manoa. Go ahead. Alec fucking Manoa. Uh, he, last season I believe was his first in MLB, right? Yeah. Yep. Super and rookie, but yeah. Super rookie, and expectations were high, and de- season debut against the Yankees yesterday. Shut him out. This man shoved. He was so good. Oh my god. What I, I, I think he left the game with one hit, two hits, something like that against New yeah. York. Oh my god! Like holy smokes! For, the, for those of you who can't who are watching on a YouTube channel, I'm wearing my new blue George Springer jersey because it is a Blue Jays game day today. Another big game against the New York Yankees. Uh, you say, I you say, I say, Kikuchi ah. will be taking the mound tonight <laughs> against the New York Yankees. Very excited against uh, Nestor Cortez. Very excited. Tonight's a big night. Uh, for the NBA play-ins tonight. We have Blue Jays baseball tonight. We have oh, other yeah. baseball tonight. We got the Leafs tonight. Owen Power. We I've got Owen Power. I think making his debut tonight <laughs> against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews keeps lighting it up for the boys in blue. Oh, sixty like goals, maybe sixty goals tonight, maybe. I'm gonna say probably. I'm gonna say yeah, but like, it is prime time to be a sports fan right now. It is unbelievable, and I am here for it a hundred percent of the way. Can I just say that uh, last week you made a prediction about whether or not Austin Matthews is gonna score against the Dallas Stars? Oh yeah, you that's were... what that, 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 that's where I was gonna go immediately. Very I was wrong. so so wrong. Holy shit. Yeah, I was yeah, like, bro, come um, on. It's Dallas. It's, they're not scary. Like, okay. Not only was that prediction bad, but he played so well. He made my prediction look even worse. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, especially the second goal he scored, that overtime winner was all him. It wasn't like, oh, he just deflected a shot. This man went beast mode and just attacked and ended everything can, Uh-oh. no no i can hear you don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. i'm just i'm just okay. gathering my thoughts i want to say something i yeah. want to go back to the blue jays in just yeah. a sec but on the austin matthews yeah, discussion yo mm-hmm. this guy looks possessed right now yeah like like he's just fucking like a demon has yeah. now entered his soul and he's trying to score two or three goals yeah. every single game like this yeah. this guy's like trying to shatter great. 60 yeah 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 like like the thing is, he's at fifty nine right now. I think fifty to fifty nine. I can't really remember. It's one of the two. He's, he, he's, he's very cl- okay. So if it's fifty eight, maybe he doesn't hit sixty tonight. But the point is, like, he is fifty eight, and he has like ten games to go, or not ten games, but like he has he has a lot of games to go. I think the last time someone hit sixty goals was Steven Stamkos, and he scored sixty. Like I think it was the eighty second, like the last game of the season. Austin Matthews could very well end up with and could very well. I don't say very well because like I don't know. Like there's a chance he ends up with sixty to sixty-five goals, which is ridiculous. Like the most that, recent projection was Austin Matthews would hit sixty-three goals. I'm gonna say he goes sixty-five on the dot. That's how he caps the season. That's my prediction. I think I think he finishes sixty-two, just because again, I know he's been really hot. I know he's been a man on a mission. I know he's been ass and look i understand all of that but like man like that would mean he like he's kind of 58 he got to score seven goals and the leafs have just give me uno second 
The Leafs had. I'm not sure how many games the Leafs has left. Um, but if you if he were to get 65 goals, he would have to go score seven goals in da, 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 ten games. Yeah, they okay. got ten games left. Yeah. Okay, so that's doable. Seven Dude, goals in ten games for Austin Matthews. That's yeah, way okay. more than doable. I, I, that's way more than doable. Yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they play the Sabers tonight. Sabers. Okay, yeah. They play the set. They play the Sabers and the Capitals and then the Senators. Three ooh, teams and then the Islanders. Oh boy, the Flyers. And, oh man. And might oh, I add, yeah. didn't you uh, discover last episode that he scored more goals against Ottawa than yeah. any other season in the team in the league? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, gonna hit sixty-five. He's gonna hit sixty-five. I hope he does. Like again, I don't want. Like, I don't want to sound like I hate Austin Matthews because I don't. I have an. I have an Austin Matthews jersey in my closet. I love this man. Like he is so so good, and like. I don't even care what anyone says right now. This man, at the end of his career, will be the best Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. It's not even like he's only twenty, I think twenty four right now or twenty five right now. He's he's incredibly young, but like that is how good he is now and how good he will pe- continue to be. He's gotten better every year of his career. He should have had fifty goals last year. He should have. He, he sorry. He would have had fifty goals last year in a regular season. He would have had fifty the year before that if COVID didn't shut the shut the entire world down. And now in the first season since those two seasons, his first regular, like full length schedule since 2018, 2019 or whatever, like the COVID before COVID, he has sixty goals. Sorry, he has fifty eight goals. He's, he's gonna score six. He might get the sixty five. Unbelievable. And he's, okay. and he's great on both ends on the ice. According to quanthockey.com, Austin Matthews is currently fifth all-time NHL history goals per game. Yeah. Yeah. With point, .641 goals per game. No, granted. Here, here's what I will say. One thing you take with a grain of salt, Austin Matthews did miss a bunch of games in like the second and third year of his career. I think he had, he had, he had shoulder problems, like he had a concussion for a while. I can't really remember exactly what he had, but he did miss a couple of games, so keep that in mind in terms of, because goals per game is a great stat, but it also takes into account that he hasn't played maybe as many games as some other players, but still, the fact he is up in the like, NHL, like up with the elite historically, not even like among this year's players or last year's players, like historically, in the history of the NHL, says, uh, says just so much about how great of a player he is and how just how great of a season he is having like he is like we talked about this, he is your heart trophy winner if he is not then like just don't like don't bother voting do not bother voting because you clearly do not know anything about the sport of hockey yeah pretty much uh this guy's having a absolutely historic season um i just want to say so austin matthews he's played 67 games so far which is five less than leon dreisaitl six less than chris Kreider. And those guys are second and third. Remember, remember, like a week or two ago, we were like, "Oh, Leon Drysaddle, he's now tied with Austin Matthews. Is he gonna win the? I is he, never is he gonna that, win the rocket?" Yeah. A lot of people were like that. A lot no, of people were like, "Oh, no. Drysaddle's yeah, gonna catch people up." People were, people mm-hmm. were. Yes, we were not. I don't think we were. But people I, were. I was never, never in doubt for me. I was like, "Yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> sure." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if he doesn't hit sixty goals tonight, I bet you Austin will hit a hundred points. He's currently sitting at ninety-nine. Yeah, like, I don't know. They have 41, 41-year-old Craig Anderson starting tonight. I'm really interested to see how tonight goes. I think 
I think tonight there's a lot of there's potential for a lot of fireworks after given what happened last time they played in the Heritage Classic. Michael Bunting, Dylan Cousins, uh, Austin Matthews tried to decapitate <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin. Um So there's there's a lot there. Um, will it actually explode? I doubt it because I don't really think there's many players on the Sabres who are going to go and take your head off. But I don't know. They they got some big boys. They got some. Hey, we and we talked about this before, but the Buffalo Sabres, man, they're having. They're not going to make the playoffs, but the last couple months they've been, oh my god! Like they have looked great. They have looked like probably I would. I don't know if this is a hot take, but they're probably, in my opinion, one of the best teams that are that is not going to make the playoffs. At least the way they've played. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on paper, but like in terms of the way they've played, I think they are probably one of the best teams. Like that's not going to make the playoffs. Well, okay. How about this then? This is a perfect segue just to talk about the Buffalo Sabers this season. Hold on, hold on. Before we get into our main, because I, I know our because so, for those of you who are listening, we're going to be talking a lot about non-playoff teams. So just a disclaimer, um, because hey, realistically after today, we're not going to be talking a lot about teams that aren't in the playoffs. We're going to be talking about playoff matchups realistically and who are the Leafs playing and who is this. So, anyways, so if you don't like it, too bad. We're doing it anyways. My question is, here the classic jerseys are on sale right now. And I and this one's been looking me dead in the mug for like a week now, and I was like, you know what? Maybe once my um, maybe next week, once everything calms down a bit, once I kind of work a little bit more, we can explore maybe getting one. And then it's still there, still got my size on the show. Still got my size. It's on sale. Should I get one? I got I one already. Yet, but... I got one already. So oh boy, yeah. I, I'm a size forty six. I got it like the oh, day dude, after yeah. you sent it to me. I was like, "Yeah, I, I sent that to you." I was like, "I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go one." Yeah, know. it's because here's, here's my thing. I don't. It is a blank jersey, oh. so I do want a player yeah. on the back of the jersey. I'll have to figure out which one. It's expensive though. It, getting yeah. a getting the name stitch is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But, but dude, I just want a jersey this season. Like it's been a few years now yeah. since I've since I bought one, and I really want yeah. one, and I don't think we're gonna get a better deal for Heritage Classic jersey. Yeah. It's not even the best exactly. jersey for this season, but it's eighty bucks. No, exactly, it's eighty four bucks before tax. And keep in mind, one thing we were talking about was how oh two because I think Real Sports Apparel, one of my favorite stores, because go Toronto teams, woo had it for two twenty dollars, two hundred twenty dollars. Fanatics had it for two hundred, and now it's reduced to eighty four ninety nine. The other one I'm thinking about getting, the Drew House collaboration, is less than that. Sorry, not it's less than what Real Sports had for the Heritage Classic. It's one ninety nine. I don't mind paying that. One ninety nine actually is not horrible. It's a lot. Don't get me wrong. Twenty dollars is still a lot of dollars, but mm-hmm. it's less than two twenty. So, anyways, I also think I I kind of want to get one just because I was at the game, and mm. anyways, we'll see. I'll keep I'll keep I'll keep y'all updated. Maybe I'll get one and surprise y'all one day, but I don't know. I I Anyways. actually have my heritage jersey. It arrived a couple of days ago. It's sitting outside. Holy shit, true. Okay. I should have yeah. worn it today. Ah, I'll wear it next time. I think I think I might have to get a Mitch Marner jersey. I think I might Fuck have yeah. to. Yeah. What do you mean I... think? Why are you thinking still? Why you want okay. here, here, here. Let me let me pull up the stats. Here, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's why. Here's why I say that. There are so many great fucking players on this team, man. There are so many ways you could go, and I would like 
honestly, the player I was thinking about getting on was Michael Bunting. That's who I was initially thinking about getting on it because Mitch Marner. A lot of people have a Mitch Marner jersey. How many people know you know have a Michael Bunting jersey? Not that many. You know, and and, and he's damn good. And he's damn good. He's damn good. He's gonna be here for a while. Anyways, this is. I'm leaning towards Mitch Marner. If I do get one, I think I probably will have to get one considering it is eighty dollars for a outdoor game jersey, which I was. Anyways, I'll keep y'all posted, but we'll see. Let's talk about the Buffalo Sabres. So, uh, NHL.com. Please, Ivan. I've, sorry, I've been dying to talk about the Buffalo Sabres for like two months now. Like ever since the Heritage Classic ended. So for so some like, context, yeah, two uh, months. Simon two and months. I, we went to the Heritage Classic in mid-March. And I don't think yeah. we ever talked about it explicitly on the podcast. I remember we recorded the episode just before we left that morning. Um, we the did. Leafs lost 5-2 to two that game. Again, similar circumstances as they're going to face today the starting goaltender for the buffalo sabers craig anderson who's like 97 years old um and we lost that game i remember at the time for a couple different reasons first of all it's buffalo and we always lose to buffalo i feel like we always play down this this team is so fucked i don't Mm -hmm. i don't get it when we're facing a playoff team we play exceptionally well when we're facing a yeah. bottom feeder team like the Buffalo Sabres or Arizona Coyotes or Montreal Canadiens, come on. Yep. We tend to like mm-hmm. just like kind of give up a little bit. Yep. And yep. we don't really care as much. And so mm-hmm. that's that's so strange. Uh, either way, that fueled our 5-2 loss to the Sabres a few weeks ago. Also, mm-hmm. Peter Mrazek at the time was playing horrible and was directly responsible for uh, i'm gonna say like at least one to two goals in that game yeah there was a there was a hina strona the hina strizo hina stroza goal which was scored from behind the goal line yeah like that yeah. can't happen Unacceptable. that can't happen nope so yeah that happened they lost the game however the story of that game i i don't want to focus on the leafs because the leafs right now they're they're playing really well and there's no point in dwelling on something that happened a few weeks ago instead Let's talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Yep. Peyton Krebs. What a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And at the yeah. beginning, uh, yeah. I thought, so when you saw the Eichel trade happen, what was your first reaction? Yeah. We talked about oh, this. But we what talked was your first about reaction? it. They, they got fleeced. They got mm-hmm. fleeced. Like, mm-hmm. I, my initial reaction was, what is Buffalo doing? They could have easily let him have his surgery, let him rebuild his value, then go out and get multiple first-round picks, prospects, whatever you want to get for him. Because, like, he's he's that good. Jack Eichel is that good. He's probably, like, he's top 10 center in the league. Or at least he was at the time he got injured. You can have that the debate now. I still don't think he's 100%, so I'm not really keep taking this. I'm not really evaluating Jack Eichel this season. I mean, I am a bit, but, like, not to the point where it's like, you're not going to make any opinions off of Jack Eichel off this season. I'll put it that way. So, like... Yeah, we. I mean, we both thought he got fleeced. They got fleeced big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, since joining the Buffalo Sabres, he's played forty games and he's about half a point a game, which yep. for the Buffalo Sabres is amazing. Yep. Seven goals, twelve assists, nineteen points. Um, yep. And then who else did they get back in the trade? Do you remember? Alex Tuck. Yep. My boy Alex Tuck, who has been lighting it up. Yes, lighting he has. Lighting it up. This season, Buffalo Sabres, 10 goals, 23 assists, 33 points in 42 games, which is which is actually oh so good. my God. He has 33 and 42? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. So, he actually had 55 games played for the Vegas Golden Knights 
last season, he had the same number of points in 13 more games on the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Yeah. So he's already hit that career mark. He's he's, he's having for, a career yeah. season right now on the Buffalo Sabres. How often do you hear that? A player having a career yeah. season on the Buffalo Sabres. When the fuck does that ever happen? Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, this team is going places, man. Like, as a Leafs fan, it hates me. It kills me to say this. I actually really like this team. I really do, man. Like... They have they they have a lot, and keep in mind they're gonna keep getting better and younger, and like they're gonna get more talent, especially as they continue to rebuild. Like they have two thirty goal scorers. Jeff Skinner has thirty goals this year. He has fifty four points in seventy two games. That's not great point per game status, but Jeff Skinner got a nine point something million dollar, I think a nine million dollar deal because he was a forty goal forty goal scorer. He has thirty again. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, he's really brought his value back up. Like, Tage Thompson has Tage Thompson has been a monster this year. Like, th- 32 goals, 26 assists for 58 points in 70 games. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. people talked about how the uh, Buffalo Sabres got fleeced in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And Tage Thompson says, no, no. I'm going to be a 30-goal scorer. At, uh, and he's playing center, I believe, for the Buffalo Sabres. I think he's a first-line first line center. I could be wrong about that. I'm not 100% sure. But, like, big center, scores goals, has a wicked shot, although he is shooting 13.8%, which is which is high. That's a bit high, let's be honest. So, like, man, I really like what I see from the Sabres. Rasmus Dalin has 44 points. Kyle Lockposo, 18 goals. Victor Olafson has 18 goals. Like, they're getting contributions, like, through, like, both lines. But first and second line, some of their third line as well. Like, man, I don't know if it's just a one-year thing. And especially now that they're adding, like, Owen Power to a defense core, which already has, like, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, Henry Yokiharu. Uh, Carl Miller is not that great. Like, point is they have building blocks here to like really like to start sorry to continue building their future and if they get a goalie which they do have they have Devin Levi sitting in the minors right now or sitting in the CHL developing this team's going to be a problem yeah I think so I want to quickly flip-flop on to what went wrong yeah. for the Sabres this year I'm referencing the article from NHL.com mm. uh we'll put a link okay. in the description so Here's what went wrong, and I don't even need to read this to tell you. The Jack Eichel situation, that put a huge, yeah. huge hamper on the team's off-ice uh, stress, on-ice stress as well. And the fact that it, it, it took so long to get that sorted out put such a glooming, dark cloud over the team for like half the season. When did he get traded? January, right? I think it was later. I think it was earlier. I think it was like November. December? November? I think oh, it was okay. like November, December. Yeah, one of the two. Honestly, it was, it was early. It was relatively early on, but yeah, I still, still, I still, I still a long time to be basically sitting around because yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, honestly, COVID uh, kind of fucked with my memory of the yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. But either way, yeah. um, the fact that you had a second overall selection, you're supposed to have the first. You're supposed to have Connor McDavid that year. You got Jack Eichel. Like, you, you lucked into getting Jack Eichel. How many teams can say that they lucked into getting Jack Eichel? 
franchise center left the organization. So obviously, that's that's number one off the bat. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Number two, apparently their goaltending this season has been really, really dog shit. And I haven't really taken this into consideration. And I haven't understood this until I look at the stats recently. Uh, they used six goalies this season because of injury. Uh, Craig Anderson, he was out for three months because of an upper body injury. Dustin Tokarski was out because of COVID for some time. Malcolm Subban um, ruled out for the season with an upper body injury. Aaron Dell, Michael Hauser also played for the Sabres this season. And then they also have Uko Pekalukunen. I love that name. Who uh, entered the yeah, training camp. Like but he hasn't that. played since January 11th either because of a lower body injury. So that's a huge factor for why the Sabres just kind of, uh, they never really got any traction this season. It's kind of funny to talk about goaltending with the Buffalo Sabres. Cause may, I, may I remind you, last year, uh, they had Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark's been good on the Buffalo Sabres, sorry, on the Boston Bruins. Hasn't been, hasn't been elite, hasn't been great, but he's been, he's been good. Like he's been over, over 900 percentage, I think under three goals against average, which is good. I, I mean, like, I know he's playing for a defensive system in front of him, but, like, you still got to make the saves. So, I think that was a bit, that's obviously a big loss for the Buffalo Sabres, I think, especially considering, I think he was a UFA, so you got nothing back for him. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, think, I guess one thing you can kind of hang your hat on if you're the Buffalo Sabres, like, you actually have a pretty decent goaltending prospect in Devin Levi coming up. Um, there's a lot of teams you can't stay. They, don't have, they have a lot of top goaltending prospects in the works or in the pipeline and they got a they, they got a pretty damn good one um world junior team i think he was on team canada at the, at the olympics so like uh again i know prospects are just prospects are basically lottery tickets to see if they pan out but if you're a buffalo sabers fan i think you got to be pretty excited given the state of your team right now this is the most optimistic i've been for the buffalo sabers <clears throat> since i started watching yeah. hockey in the early yeah. 2010s. Yeah. Like, and I, I think it's, the same yeah. can be said for a lot of people. It's, it's, and it's so funny that, that, that how quickly the perception of the Buffalo State Bridge turned. Because the minute Jack Geico got traded, like everyone, including myself, including us, we're talking about, oh, the Buffalo Sabres are a poverty franchise. Move them. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be competitive. Like, what are they doing? Like, like they could have gotten so much more for Jack Geico. But, like, man... They completely turned the narrative around. Like, good. Full 180. Full 180. I mean, will they be, like, they're not going to, they're obviously not going to be in the playoffs this year. But, like, the the strides they've made, like, they're, like, they're competitive now. Like, they're not, these aren't your, okay, we're going to walk into Buffalo and just get two points, Buffalo Sabres. Like, they are quite good. Not great. And especially if they can get maybe a, Boy, if they can get like a goalie next year, like a goalie who's better than Craig Anderson, someone who's a bit better than like Tokarski's okay, he's not great. So if you can get someone who's better than Tokarski, someone who's better than Craig Anderson, they can make noise. I'm not, I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs next year because again, the, the the just the division is just stacked. But I think I think they I think they got they, I think they're gonna make some noise. I really do. Uko Pekka Lukanin, he's 23 years old. Even though he only played nine games this season. He has a 2.74 GAA and 9.17 save percentage. So he's actually not bad at all. Um, 
Yeah. And apparently NHL is predicting if he is healthy to start next season, he'll probably be their number one. Obviously, assuming that they don't make any other goaltender acquisitions. But I, I, I'm with you on that one. I think they should, and they probably would going into next season. Yeah, like, like uh, I don't know who's going to be available, but, um, I mean, maybe they could go get Jack Gamble. That'd be kind. That'd be kind of funny. No, that would destroy me. That would destroy me. No, but, I mean, how dare you? I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff out there, man. I'm not, I'm not even saying that. Uh, that's likely. I just, I, I, it's not. It's a, it's a possibility. We can't sit here and say it's not possible. Just stupid possibility. Yeah. So, so just, so just, sorry. So just reading a couple of the the goalie free agents: Mike Andre Fleury, Mikko Koskinen, Darcy Kemper, Thomas Grice, uh, Yunus Korpisalo, Alex, uh, Alex Georgiev, Ilya Samsonov. Uh, Samsonov's an RFA, by the way, not a UFA. So is Georgiev, Braden Holtby, Martin Jones, Jack Campbell, Yaroslav Halak, Casey DeSmith, David Riddick, and Phoenix Copley is where I'll stop because everyone else after him is a scrub, basically. So, look, a couple good names on there. Um, I think it's I think two guys I think would that would fit pretty well on the Sabres are uh, Eunice Corpusalo and Thomas Grice. Starter level goaltenders who won't make a lot, I don't think, and but who they're not great, they're not amazing, but they're better than what you currently have, and I think those are those should be your targets. Um, Buffalo. Right now, so they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks in this draft, and then they have wow. yeah nine in the next draft. So they're doing wow. they're doing well, which is good. Oui. It's, it's not the most picks that we've seen over the next two years. Like some teams, like the Coyotes, yeah. for example, or the Kraken, they're like blowing their roof off. Yeah. They they pretty much own the the, the entire draft. If yeah. if you're a prospect who's going to go into the 2022 or 2023 NHL draft, more likely yeah. than not, you're going to be either drafted onto the Arizona Coyotes or the Seattle Kraken, <laughs> or the Montreal Canadiens. They also have a ton of draft picks, but. Buffalo Sabres not bad. Buffalo Sabres not bad at all. Like they have they have a good draft capital stock now. They have good prospects up the system. They have good players. Goaltender has to be sorted out, but why don't you make a prediction? Where do you think the Buffalo Sabres are going to land next season in these standings? Uh like in terms of the division or just in terms of like I think I think they finish 5th in the division next year. Behind the big four, like Toronto, Boston, Florida, and then Tampa. Yeah. Not not in that not in that order, but I think they're going to be the fifth best team in that division. And like I think it's going to be, man. I think, man, that's so tough. What what are they at now? How many points do they have now? Do you have it up in front of you? I do. Right now they have sixty three points in seventy four games. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to say this before you continue. Right now the Atlantic division in the NHL is extremely unique in that oh, yeah. the top four teams they're like world beaters they're amazing like top five top oh, ten in the league the bottom four teams yeah. are horrible like bottom ten in the league which is unique in the sense that no other conference no other division in the league is like this you got the metro it, it kind of mm. yeah you got four really good teams but the fifth has 75 points in the new york islanders the fifth team in our division has 66 in detroit Central is close. Yeah. Pacific is just is close. They're just all kind of poo. 
<laughs> but the Pacific yeah. is close too. Atlantic is just hits or misses, which is scary because I don't see Florida becoming bad anytime soon. I don't see Toronto becoming bad soon. Neither Tampa. Yeah. Boston maybe. Maybe Boston is at the end of their window now, but like they seem to find a way to be relevant every year. Yeah. You got Detroit on the come up. Huge come up. Detroit's right. going to be amazing out yeah, as well. Yeah. Buffalo, we just talked about. They're going to be amazing. The Senators, they're also improving. So now yeah. all of a sudden, you got, you got seven out of eight teams who are going to be competitive yeah. possibly next season onwards. I think you have six. I think you have six. I think you have the big four, Detroit and Buffalo. I don't think I think Ottawa's gonna struggle. I really do. Really? Um yeah, I Ottawa's got some nice players. I like Josh Norris. I like uh Thomas Shabbat. I always have. Uh Connor Brown is my boy. I love Connor Brown. So do you wanna talk about them now and like we, we put the Sabres to rest? Um yeah, so just give me a sec. It's like in terms of where I see the Sabres finishing next year, I th- I think they're gonna get around eighty points, eighty eighty five points. They're currently at sixty three, so that'd be and again, who knows how many points they end up and the season off with? Like if if they finish around seventy, it's like a ten point jump, which is like five extra wins. So like, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a super hot take, but I think they're gonna make a jump next year, and I think it's gonna be eighty points. And I also completely forgot forgot about Detroit. But knowing that, I think the Sabres finish sixth in the division because I think Detroit next year is going to be like even more of a problem than Buffalo. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. Anyways. And, and now we can move. Detroit in a future episode because yeah. they're technically not eliminated yet. Even though like yeah. they're, they're going to be, but <laughs> they're going to be eliminated, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So let's, yeah. So let's move on to Ottawa because yeah. Ottawa is, uh, Ottawa is an interesting one. Um, so they, so they're not making the playoffs. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks in this draft. They have one first, two seconds, two thirds, no fourth, three fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. So they got capital. Um, in terms of where they're at, they have. Uh, they currently have. Current cap. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, they currently have, their projected cap space is 10 million, uh, it's like 10 and a half million. So they have, they have money to spend there again, if they want to spend, um, but they don't have a lot. They really don't have a lot on their roster. Um, Brady Kachuk's making 8.3, Drake Batherson at 4.9. I really like Drake Batherson. That's a good player. I like Drake Batherson. Colin White, Connor Brown, Chris Tierney, Austin Watson, Autumn Gaudet, sorry, Adam Gaudet, uh, Josh Norris. Oh yeah, Tim Stutzel. That's a that's a good player. Alex Formanton, Matthew Joseph, Kelly Parker. Like just a whole lot of mediocrity. Not a whole lot there. Um and I think that's kind of the like okay, the one that's really, really sticks out, and I think the one that's gonna be a problem. Okay, never mind. I just looked at his stat page. Never mind. He actually might be okay. <laughs> Sorry. The one thing I was gonna say is Brady Kachuk is someone who hasn't really stuck out to me this season at all. And he was someone who just signed a massive, massive contract at $8.2 million, but he has 56 points in 69 games, so I take that back. I don't know what you're talking about. He's had a good season. No, yeah. (laughs) That's solid. Not solid. No, because I thought I read something earlier saying people really worried about Brady, yada, 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 fine. Um, 
but now I can see I was wrong, and that's wrong. So, um, you have a nice piece there, it's captain. I, 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 Cat Friendly says he plays center. If he plays center, that's pretty big. But like other than that, there's not a whole lot there. Tim Stutzla is going to be a great player, but like, man. Uh, I Anything also want to, to say, uh, so Tim Stutzla, obviously he's there. Uh, do I want to say prospect? Not really prospect anymore. He's he's a regular player, no. but like still yeah. really young, promising forward. He's gonna he's gonna do wonders in this league, and on the Ottawa yeah. Senators, he's only gonna get better. He's gonna have an even more prominent mm-hmm. role in the coming years. So yeah. he's our he's our number one bright spot. I want to say, uh, defenseman. They've got Shabbat. Shabbat is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in his fifth full season. Uh, they have Lassie Thompson. Uh, they have Jacob Bernard Docker. Jake yeah, Sanderson, who is going to be phenomenal. Sanderson, yeah. Um, and they got a lot of draft picks coming up. Honestly, the main reason why... Um, so, Ottawa Senators, they, they didn't do well this year because they don't really have the depth. They don't really have right. the, forward to, the forward roster to really compete against any other um, uh, Atlantic Division opponent. I want to say... Out of all the eight Atlantic Division teams, they have the weakest forward roster. So uh, the Atlantic teams? Of the Atlantic teams, I think they have the weakest yeah, forward roster. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yep. Like, yes, you like, I did mention. I don't, I don't think got, it's I don't yeah. I don't think it's close either. Like at all. I don't think it's close. I think they're by far the worst. <laughs> and that's the only thing. I think goaltending, yeah. they got they got uh, Anton Forsberg, they doubled down on him, they re signed him. Yeah. Remember my prediction? I was like, I hope the Leafs get Anton Forsberg, but the Senators are like, no, we want him longer. Um, and good for them, honestly. Yeah. Good for them for keeping him. <laughs> yeah, Anton yeah. Forsberg is at a $2.75 million deal until the end of 2024-25, so at least three more seasons. Um, Yeah, forward-wise, they need some improvements. They've got stability in goaltending now. Unfortunately, they still have... Matt Murray, who is at, at 6.25. That's Whoa. a huge, huge uh, uh, detractor from their ability to actually collect yeah. forwards and be under Well, the, like, here's yeah. the thing. It's so, like Matt Murray is making 6.2, which is obviously a lot. But he also has a three-point uh, goals against average of just over three and a save percentage of just over nine, 900. So that's not bad. That's not bad considering where he was last year. Last year, he was at 3.38 with a .893 save percentage. That's a 13-point jump in his goal against average, which is significant. I'm not saying he's great, but, like, considering what he was giving you before, that's way more manageable. Like, 906 is not great. I'm not sitting here saying he's he's a great, like, goalie who's going to carry them. But, like, man, we're in a, le- we're in a league right now where... Ha- like, there's not a lot of great goalies available. There's not. So, like, the fact that, you, you, again, the number's not great. The cap number is not great. But, like, man, they they could be way worse off with someone like uh, P- Peter Mrazek right now. Where, like, he's genuinely hurt for, like, a long period of time and he's not good. That's my main point. I'm not justifying the contract. I'm just saying, like, he's not a bad player to have around if you want to have a platoon with the uh, Anton Forsberg. Because, like, Mads Sogard is their emergency loan goal. He's 21. I've never like, heard of him before. Exactly. Dude, no, no, not exactly. Look, you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to justify Matt Murray so much right now. 
And my biggest problem is if you pay $6.25 million for a goaltender, getting anything yes. less than league average is a huge loss. Dude, I why why hey. are we giving the benefit of the fact that it's the Ottawa Senators and they're garbage? That's why 6.25 for a 906 goaltender is okay. If this happened in any other market, we'd be like, yeah. wow, no. what a horrible deal. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying if you take into account where he was last year, that's an improvement. Dude. I'm not saying it's great. I know it's a I know I know it's a low bar, but like Such man, look bar. like but look over like but look at the team we're talking about though. Their top like their highest paid defensive is the key to Zaitsev. And then they have Travis Hamanick, Artem Zub, Michael Delzato, uh, Nick Holden, Victor Mete, like Jake Sanderson. I, again, like you said, Jake Sanderson is gonna be a great defenseman for years to come. Eric Brandstrom, all I've read about Eric Brandstrom is how he's a bust, how he was how he's an overrated prospect, he's not gonna wear a workout in the NHL. I don't watch him that much, but like the fact I've seen so much of that is concerning. Like, man, this man has absolute. Like, again, I'm not defending Matt Murray because the numbers suggest that this isn't this isn't a team defense thing. But if you look at the the team in front of him, man, like, there's so much to be said for that. Like, sorry, there's something to be said for the fact that like he has absolutely no one in front of him. He went from Crosby, Malkin, Latang, uh, like one of the best teams of the decade, to probably one of the most underwhelming of the decade, or at least one of them. You know, I entered the segment with the belief that the Ottawa Senators were actually going to make a step forward, and by the end of the segment now, I am actually going to conclude they, back, yeah. they <laughs> might actually end up being in the same position, because they need forwards, dude. I That's think what I'm saying. Yeah, their like, defense, yeah. their defense is good. And it's going to get better with Thomas Shabbat improving and Jake Sanderson mm. coming in. I think so. I think okay. so. Okay. Nikita Zaitsev is... But whatever. Um, yeah. And with Anton Forsberg, Bernard I Dock think... is also a defenseman. Yep, yep. And with Anton Forsberg playing more right, next yeah. season, I think their their goals against per game are going to... Re- it's going to drop. But can they score goals? They're an agitating team to play against, but if you take Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla out of the way... Who's really a scoring threat? Yeah, Drake Batherson, but yeah, who else? Connor Brown. I'm also curious to know. I'm yeah. I'm, also, I'm really curious to know if Shane Anton Pinto? Forsberg can play at this level next year. Because if you look at his career numbers, like this year is clearly like like he had a good year. Like he like this is a career year for him. Like last year with the Blackhawks, or no, last year sorry, last year with the Senators, three twenty one with a nine oh nine. It's not bad. It's not far. It's not far off from where he is right now with the two eighty nine seventeen. Year before that, 335, 897. Year before that, 297 with a 908. 409, uh, year before that, 409 with an 850, uh, 852. So, like, he's... The big thing here is a decrease in his goals against average. But, like, his save percentage is right around where it's been. So, the fact it's come up a little bit has me wondering maybe it comes down a bit next year. Again, I'm not saying that I think it will. I'm just saying I'm wondering if it does. But, Possibly. Like, because, like... And that's a big thing, right? Like, if he doesn't give you what he has right now, like, how good is your team going to be, and how much how much worse is that team going to be? Because basically, the way I look at it now is that like Brady Kachuk's a good player, uh, great leader, great player, um, probably a really good face of your franchise if you want to have one. Um, Drake Batherson's a pretty good player, but you're right, like that it really drops off. 
Colin White can't stay healthy. Connor Brown's a great player, but he's not a first line player. He might not even be a second line player. Maybe the, maybe he's a good second line player, but like a really good. But if, if like I if, think, if I think nothing he's a else, liner. I would say second. Yeah, like if nothing else, even if you don't think he's a good second line player, he's a very good third line player. Like he's like a very good, very very good third line player. And again, that that's a debate to be had. Uh, Tim Stutzel will again will continue to develop. Alex Formanton. I was really high on him. It sound it seems like he's dropped off a little bit. Uh, this year he only has twenty eight points in sixty nine games, so that's not great. But like again, I look at their defense. I'm concerned. I look at their offense. I'm concerned. I look at their goaltending. I'm concerned. I look at every other team in the division. At least they have like some pluses. I don't see a whole lot for the centers outside of like Bernard Docker, Sanderson. Uh, like it looks like they have prospects coming up, which is really encouraging. But they're also they also have like they're paying Bobby Ryan three and a half million this year, almost two next year, and almost two the year after that. They're paying Dion. They're still paying Dion Phaneuf. Oh so, boy, like, that's crazy. But like, my point is here, like the Montreal Canadiens are at least exciting right now because it seems like Cole Caulfield's kind of got out, gotten out of a slump the last little bit. Like he's now it's fifteen goals. Uh, Jake better than uh, Austin Matthews. Okay, I'm not. I'm not having this debate today. But anyways, main point is like, I like. Like, uh, anyways, I just I don't know what the centers are doing. Um, sorry, I do like, and this is why it was so perplexing. They went out and go to, when they went out and traded for Thomas uh, for Travis Hamonic, who that is weird. that was weird. Who has a year left after this year, and he's 31. Like, why? I don't know. Yeah, like. They gave up a third to get him. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Do Do they yeah, honestly think they're going to be playoff contenders next season? Is that why they did it? The rebuild is over, apparently, or, or, some, or so someone said. No, like, it's not. Yeah, like, uh, it's just this is the thing, and this is, like, I missed, like, the Battle of Ontario days where, like, the Leafs, because, like, it's been so long since both teams were actually good in the same window like and you could argue probably hasn't been like ever since it's never really been like that since we since we started watching hockey like we started watching the 2010s like the Sens were great in the early 2010s they went to the like up until the 2020s um or maybe a little bit before that and then they just then the they just fell off a cliff they couldn't they couldn't reproduce the same amount of talent in the draft and through free agency that they did on their previous core, and it it's it, it's shown like significantly. And the Leafs have done the opposite. They've followed the Shanda plan, and now they're both now they're again. I don't want to call them cup contenders, but they're a damn good hockey team. The cup contenders, I would say it. I don't care that they haven't made it out of the first round in the last fourteen years, dude. Cup contenders. I just don't. I just don't want to jinx it. That's all I'm saying. That's the reason. That's the reason. I yeah. In my, in my heart of hearts, I believe they're cup contenders. I just don't want to say anything that's going to jinx anything. The Leafs have a hundred points and they're fourth in the league. That's a cup contender. Hey, hey, I know, but hey, I'm not saying nothing. You you ain't gonna get that out of me. <laughs> <laughs> the Ottawa Senators. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that they they've probably finished behind Buffalo and Detroit as well next season. Um, the I only think they finished thing, dead last. Oh, I don't know about dead last. Montreal, dude. I don't think Montreal is going to be that much better. I do. In the Atlantic Division? Better than Ottawa? Who are you going to get back? Carey Price. 
got Carey Price back. You have a full season of Cole Caulfield. Brendan Gallagher is going to be back. Josh Anderson. Like, man, I look like they have Nick Suzuki, uh, Jake Evans, like Ryan Paling. Like, the, hey, like they, the, the Montreal Canadiens were a shit storm this year. Like, if you take into account the fact that they were like, have they been great? No. Or have they been good? No. But like, they've had to, they've basically had a goalie carousel of like, Jake Allen, uh, Samuel Montembeau, and, like, man, that's so tough. And then, like, they had the whole thing with uh, Mark Bergevin, and then Shea Weber retired before the season started, or, like, he unofficially retired before the season started. The whole Kokanemi offer sheet, they lost Kokanemi. Like, I think this team is going to, like, I did, like and, this, and this is what it really comes down to. I look at the, the Canadians' forward core, I think it's better than Ottawa's. I look at their defense core. It's suspect, but again, with how many draft picks the Canadians have, if they really, like, they're probably going to add to their defense core with either through the draft or trading their picks to get a defenseman, which I don't think they should do because I think they should be trying to uh, draft as many players that they can. But, like, you're going to carry Price back, who, while I know he's not a great, he hasn't been a great regular season goal, he lasts a little bit, you're going to get carry Price back. And then... Like, their forward core has potential to be really entertaining to watch. And that's ultimately what it comes down to, because, like, that's exactly what we said um, uh, Ottawa wasn't. And then, so, you take into account Montreal's a better, Montreal's a better forward core, a better goalie. Um, Montreal, Montreal's better forwards, a better goalie, and maybe an equal defense. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. The only way I see Ottawa making a step forward is if they acquire a free agent who will actually move the needle. I think uh, I heard rumors that Claude Giroux may be interested in returning to the Ottawa region. I think he's he's from around there. So he may be interested yeah, in joining yeah. the, the Senators, but I don't know. Like, you, need, like you need a why, really, like, really... Why would he... You need a really good free agent to move the needle on this team. And right now, management is not making it mm-hmm. an attractive place to play. Unless... Plus the stadium. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, unless the only way I see him even considering a move to uh, Ottawa is if Florida wins the cup this year. So he can actually go home after winning a cup. That'd be kind of nice. But, like, my thing is, like, uh, Eugene Melnick, rest in peace. God rest his soul. Um, he w- he was never one to really spend a lot of money on free agents, whether it was players he had, whether it was... Uh, players like they that were currently on the roster and like extensions like look what happened to Eric Carlson um or even in the free agent market so but again rest in peace uh, Eugene Mel like I'll, like obviously I don't, like like I, mean, I, I say it because like I like I it's just an opinion based on what he did as an owner but because of that I feel like it's going to be very difficult for the Ottawa Senators uh front office and their new ownership group who I'm not 100% sure who that is to kind of just be like, okay, now that he's gone, we're just going to spend all the money, like all of it, on like free agents. It just, I I have trouble believing that's going to be a thing. Um, even though I think that's probably going to be their only way to get themselves out of what they're currently in because like they paid Brady Gachuk, great, but like he need more than that, man. And they don't have it in their system right now. Yeah. <clears throat> So that's all I got for the Buffalo Sabres and Ottawa Senators. Do you have anything else to talk about for them? 
Not really. I mean, look, I think Ottawa, I think it's interesting because I think those two teams are two teams who aren't making the playoffs with their head in very opposite directions. Um, Like, I'm looking at the uh, Sabres depth chart to see if they have anything interesting going on in their minor league system, but it doesn't look like they do. Like, here's the thing. Like, one of the biggest reasons why I'm excited to watch the Sabres game tonight, like aside from Austin Matthews potentially getting sixty, getting 100 points tonight and potentially 60 goals, I'm really excited to watch Owen Power. Like, really excited to watch Owen Power. Like, very much. I think we're overestimating like, his his impact on the game. <laughs> no, right I, no. I, well, like, I read a report this morning saying he might get significant minutes. Again, I'm not sure what that means and like what is considered to be significant. Okay. But like, man, watching him at the World Juniors, like, sorry, the brief, like, pre-tournament stuff at the World Juniors before he was effectively canceled, and then at the Olympics, dude, dude, he's this good. guy's gonna this, this guy's like, I think he's six foot seven, and people are already drawing comparison. He's six six, one ninety eight. Sorry, uh, sorry, six six, two hundred two hundred fourteen pounds. He's Canadian. He's a Leafs fan, so keep that in mind. Um, he's left. He's a uh, left shooting defenseman, 19 years old, and he's already drawing comparisons to players like Victor Hedman. Now, I know it's just comparison. We haven't seen him play in the NHL yet, but, like, dude. Ugh. Like, they could potentially have two... They, they could potentially have Rasmus Dillian and Owen Power on the same defense core. That is disgusting. And they're going to be drafted and homegrown talent. And, like, man, like... Oh my god! Like that's gonna be so nice. That they just need to hopefully draft an or sign defenseman to play on the right side. But like Yokohara is only twenty two. Oh my god! Like oh, this Sabres team, man. Like for ah, a team so that has missed yeah. a NHL record eleven straight postseasons, this is the yeah. most optimistic I've ever been like I mentioned before, for the Buffalo Sabres in my time watching hockey. Yeah. And I think you too, and I think a lot of people. So yeah. they're going to have a huge step forward yeah. next season. They already did this season, I think. Uh, they, they finished last season. I'm going to quickly pull up the standings. They finished 31st. Second last, 31st. 31 teams did last they, season. Did, <clears throat> did last. they actually finish 31st? Yes. Holy cow well that's how they got Owen power remember right okay <laughs> yes right okay right right okay yeah that makes sense that makes more sense like the create like here's the thing like and this is what i think makes this and this is what one of the things which it makes like this run that they've been on so incredible is they haven't drafted a lot of guys that have actually panned out like rosas delene did but like he was a consensus first overall pick so i don't give him a lot of credit for that like 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 just going down the roster right now, Skinner was a free agent was a trade from Carolina. Yep. Kyle Pozo, free agent signing. Alex Tuck, trade. Victor Olafson, drafted and developed player. So that's one. You have one good drafted and developed player. Casey Middlestat makes two and a half million dollars. If you had to ask me right now, bust. Ninth overall right wing. Mm-mm. Not good. He's not been good. Uh, Cody Eakin, so, uh, signed. He was not drafted by the Sabres. Gergensen's, Gergensen's has been, a, has been a useful player. Drafted in 2012, I remember that because I was a very big Mikhail Grigorenko fan, but he didn't pan out. 
So Gregenson's been around. Okay, I'll give you that. Anders Bjork, trade. Tage Thompson, trade. Hina Stoza, he Hina Stroza, trade. Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins is one of the actual players on this roster who you drafted and developed and has turned into a very solid player. Peyton Krebs, trade. Rasmus Asplund, I'm sure he was drafted. Not significant, though. John Hayden, trade. Thaline, draft, whatever touch on that. Colin Miller, trade. Will Butcher, trade. Uh, Yuki Haru, trade. Like, you see where I'm going here? Like, and yet they're still, like, on the come up, which is incredible to me. Like, holy cow, man. Like, yeah. and they're still, oh my God, they're still paying Cody Hodgson. No way. I believe. Oh my God. They also have dead cap for someone named. Oh, what was the name? It was, it was a funny name. Give me Christian Erhoff. Uh, oh. Let me see. Cap friendly. I'm on their cap friendly right now. And the only two players on the, they have in dead cap is Cody Hodgson and Christian Erhoff. One of my favorite defensemen. Like, Christian Erhoff was one of my first, like, ever, like, favorite players, like, defenseman-wise. I used to love Christian Erhoff. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I was looking at the uh, Ottawa Senators. They are currently, they have Angus Crookshank yeah. on IR. <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey, Crookshank. Oh. My favorite Harry Potter character, Crookshanks. But, anyway, yeah, um... Sabres are 25th in the standings <clears throat> right now. Uh, they're probably going to finish the season over here. Mm-hmm. Next season... I have them like 20 or above. They'll be good. Ish. They'll be competitive. Mediocre, me, middle of the pack. Give me 19. Give me 19. Actually, where are they now 25? Yeah, give me 19. I can deal with that. Give me Close 18. To... Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> Bitch. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, no, but like, yeah. Point is here, we're on the same page. Like, they're going to be fun. Like, fun to watch. Like, holy moly. Yeah, like... And they have... Th- they have three first-round picks this year. Yeah. That is... Oh, my God, man. Okay. Oh, my Lord. Let's... Uh, enough on the Sabres. We, I think we talked enough about oh, them. Man. Give me your production. Production. Give me your prediction for tonight's game. Blue Jays versus Yankees. Question of the day. We'll wrap up here. Okay, sorry. It's Nestor Cortez. I think the... Oh, man. I'm going to be biased. I'm going to say my boys in blue take it. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think Yusei Kikuchi goes five innings with three strikeouts. And the Blue Jays take it with a score of four to two. That's my prediction. I predicted on my sports betting apps that the Blue Jays would win in a slugfest today because apparently the Yankees, they have a really deep roster of hitters, but they have not hit at all over the last two, three games. So they might be due. They got of, shut out last night. Yeah, they got shut out last night. So they might be due here. We'll see. I have the Blue Jays winning like six to four. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out there last year, you take Kikuchi made the all-star team in the yeah. first half. And then he had a really bad second half. So, again, he's got my boy Pete Walker working with him. Um, and this Jays lineup is probably deeper than the Yankees. Um, Yankees fans don't like to hear that, but, like, they are. It's, like, it's not – like, Matt Chapman is their seven hitter. It is – this lineup is – like, yeah. here's the thing. They, they were down 7 nothing. They pulled the reverse Maple Leafs on the Texas Rangers on the home opener. They were down 7 nothing, and they came back and won. 
And yeah. the, th- the crazy thing is, even in like the fourth inning when they're not seven, I was like, oh, we got this. We're fine. We'll be fine. And they came back and won. So, anyways, that was going to sound really obnoxious. I really do not care. This team is ridiculous. Blue Jays 4-2. to two. Book it. At the same time, weren't they up 6 nothing against the Rangers the next game and then they lost? <laughs> 6-1 and that was on Sunday. But that's... Yeah. The, the Blue Jays bullpen and pitching problems have been well documented. But I think they'll be fine. Okay. That's it for us today. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Let's go Blue Jays. Like, share, subscribe. Let's go Blue Jays. Let's go Leafs. Uh, Austin Matthews will probably hit 60 goals tonight. That's my also, prediction. Also, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we, before we sign off, we actually sign off. So I, I have one more question for you. Fine. Who you got tonight? Cavaliers or Brooklyn Nets in the play-in? I need to know. Who you got? Uh, Brooklyn Nets. KD's going to go off. Oh, yeah. I got, if, you did, if you said Cleveland, I was going to judge you hardcore. I think it's going to be Brooklyn. I don't think it's going to be close. My hot take is Cleveland misses the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's too. my hot take. They're an up-and-coming team, but I think the Nets, they have they have more firepower right now. Okay. Well, yep. Deuces. Bye. Bye.